and we were exploring this Romans chapter, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. And because they did not think it worthwhile to have God in their knowledge, some translation will say, see, and because they did not think it worthwhile to retain God in their knowledge. Retain. So I say have. You see, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So it is the knowledge of God that transmits God's God to you. Knowledge of God. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth itself will make you free. And the truth is about the knowledge of God. So we are trying to assess the spiritual life through the knowledge of God's word, how my life and your life can be powered by the Spirit of God. There are people out there whose lives are being powered by different types of spirits. The Bible says, let each one call upon the name of his own God. There are many gods out there, but there's one supreme God. You see? And because they did not think it worthwhile, so what we are doing here is we are, we are thinking it worthwhile. We are seeing that it's pertinent. It is important for us to be able to carry God, eh? to have God in our knowledge. And for us to have God in our knowledge, it means we need to, we have to acquire the knowledge of God. When you have the knowledge of God, you have the God, you have the knowledge of God in you. You have God in that knowledge of your life. And that has an impact in your life because one of the offices of the Holy Spirit is the what? Is the gift of knowledge. It brings to you the knowledge of God. And so when you have the knowledge of God, those who do know their God, it's not just facts and figures, it's about experience, experiencing the word of God. So those who do know their God shall be strong. So the knowledge of God makes you strong. Now in that sense, because they didn't see God while to have God in their knowledge, God delivered them over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. They live their depraved life. So basically people live wrong, not because they choose to live wrong, it's because they have abandoned the knowledge that should keep them from living wrong. That is why you can't go on your own and say, ah, I don't want to do this again. I want to serve God. If you don't sustain that choice by the knowledge of God, you will find yourself again back to square one. This is almost a secret that is in the, Christian, in the Christian journey that many don't understand. And they see themselves always in the same circle, over, over and over, over and over. They say, why do I lack power? Why do I lack capacity to do what I want to do? It's because you don't have the energy. And the energy is crystallized in the word of God. So if I want to sustain myself consistently in a path that will please to God, I must substantiate it with the knowledge of God that gives me that inner energy to continue that path. I eat every day to power my physical body. 
that I may have the strength to do the things I do, daily tasks that makes the man of me every day. Likewise, too, if you want to, you want to function in the path that God has called you to, you need to be powered by the Spirit. So when you lack the knowledge of God, it's like you are exposed and you are vulnerable to worthlessness. And this worthlessness is not just ordinary worthlessness, it's futility. We have talked about futility so much here. So I believe by now you understand what futility is all about. Hmm? The three impacts of the government of Satan on humanity after a fall is one is what? Futility. Number two is what? Vanity. And the third one is what? Carnality. You must know this. And every day, check, check yourself to find out whether this system is what is powering your life. And you know, one thing about this you cannot function. It comes and sweeps you, takes over your life, and starts running your life for you. You have no choice. So that if you don't sustain the one of God, this one will naturally on its own take over your life. You just see yourself living the life of fertility, vanity, and carnality as a way of life. And you'll be so comfortable. And you'll tell yourself, I'm doing well. You see? What is fertility? Living without purpose, captured in God. Without purpose. Captured in God. In other words, when you're not relevant to God, you are not contributing anything to the, to the system of God. Your life is devoid of anything that gives credibility to God's government, God's essence. You're not living for the purpose which God created you. The Bible says He has created us for His own good pleasure. Are we giving God pleasure? So when your life is devoid of giving God pleasure, you are already operating on this realm. No matter how much you make of it in this side of life, you are a very successful person here, you have gone to school, you are into a very big business, you know, you have a lot of money on this side of life. Amen. Praise you for all your success. But when it comes to God, you are bankrupt. This system is already pretty in you. The rich man that came to Jesus and he told him, what can I do to get eternal life? And the man said, ah, and Jesus said, okay, keep the commandments. And after that, Jesus uh, he asked the man, man as Jesus, I've kept this for my youth. I said, you lack one thing. To be relevant to God, deal with fertility. So the man was a victim of this. He was so rich, but he could not be relevant to God. Number two is what? Vanity. Vanity. Vanity is the philosophy of life where you see life from the point of view of materialism. That psychology or that philosophy that makes you believe that life is all about how much you acquire. More materialism, ah, the more you say you are successful. And on account of that consciousness, Materialism becomes your the, the thing that powers your ethics, your morality, and your what? 
the third one, your value. Your value system is determined by material things. You see, your morality is based on material things. Because you are rich and you flout the law, you can play around and go scot-free. Why those who are poor are here spare-bound and made to pay the rot of the law? You see, just because you have abundance, it has determined your morality. Based on, based on your, your, the way you look at what you have, you think you are exempted from certain things. You see, your value of life is in how much you have at your credit. For you, life is useless unless you have something. What gives you energy out there is going to look at how many zeros you have in your account, how many connections you have with the world, how men, the kind of connections you have with men and how they look at you. That becomes the standard of your life. You see, celebrities, men praise you and honor you. Uh -huh. So, you are a victim of vanity. And Solomon was at the peak of it and he said, Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. Then, carnality, the life of the flesh. The life of the flesh. I, flesh idolization. You idolize the flesh to the point that it denies you of even the opportunity to engage it to serve God. You see the point? Where you believe so much on what the senses give to you, what your eyes give to you, what, you, what your ear captures. You can only believe those to those things your senses can report to you. You can't live above your senses. You always live by feelings and respond by feelings, react by feelings. Okay? When that becomes your reality, you are a victim of carnality. And the Bible says, whoever, as many who are carnally minded, they are doomed to die. The principle of death will work in their lives. Okay? So the devil will do everything to keep you here. You see, so when your mind is devoid of the knowledge of God, you are morally delivered over to a worthless mind to do what is morally wrong. So it affects everything from living a worthless life to living a carnal life to living the life of fertility. Because you lack the knowledge that should keep you. Are we together here? Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So that's why we must have passion for the word of God. And experience it as you have passion for it. As you read it, you understand it. It transforms you. That point of transformation is the encounter you have. And you see yourself every day from the light of what the word says. The word says you are blessed. I'm blessed. I don't need to see things around me first. I'm blessed. God called Abraham. He said, you are a father of many nations when he was seen not having a son. God was seeing the light in him, but he didn't see it. He said, well, I have no child. God said, don't say you have no child. Now, I change your name from Abraham to Abraham. Start calling yourself Abraham. Start telling yourself, I'm father of many nations. He began to see himself in that realm. He was telling people, what's your name now? Oh, I'm Abraham. They say, ha, father of many nations. Couldn't you have no son at all? They were making mockery of him. But God was changing his mind. If he doesn't change your mind, he cannot deposit that reality in your soul. 
So what we are doing here is that we are trying to, as much as possible, take hold of the help of the Holy Spirit to retain God in our knowledge. And when you have that one, it follows you for life. It becomes the presence of grace deposited in you. You know, Jesus said, the good man from the treasures of his heart. Men don't know that we can have treasures in our hearts. You see, from the treasures of his heart, he brings out good things. Why the bad person, from the treasures of his wicked heart, he brings out wicked things. He said, culture says, every good tree produces what? Good fruit. Every bad tree produces what? Bad fruit. You cannot find good you know, fruit from a bad tree or a bad fruit from a good tree. So that's why you must, as much as possible, try this explanation we are giving, this word we are teaching, so that you can retain them and believe them and say, yes, if the word of God has deposited this in me, I am what he says I am. Immediately he says, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let what you say be done to me according to his word. Something was begetted. Something was born inside of her. That is the highest system God has laid for the church. So as we are pouring out this knowledge every time we come here, how much of how much of it are you retaining? How much of it are you retaining? How much of it are you having possessing? Because on the day of reckoning, when the enemy comes around you, what he looks at is the treasures that is loaded in your heart. It is those treasures because they are spirits powered, they will come alive and they begin to network your response. There are times that I'll be engaged in a, in a prayer section and you, I will just feel that yes, there are encumbrances, there are things that are resisting my prayer and it's a very fierce reality, you know. But what happens is that you see that some of the word of God you have meditated over in the past that have touched and have blessed you, all of a sudden they come alive. They begin to program the way you communicate and the way you talk. The way you start decreeing. They start popping up. They start popping up. And because you are speaking them based on the power of the Holy Spirit, the impact they make on the opponent is so heavy. When Jesus said, it is written. We may say it, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But it's a judgment in the realm of the spirit. It, it was a cost session in heaven that decreed it when man was formed. That this man who have created does not live by bread alone, but by every word. That means that man will be deified consistently every day. The word of God makes you look like God. It makes you to carry the character of God. So it means if God says, hey, and that's what you eat, you become that word which God says. You see, and now in the face of the enemy, you repeat that same word. You will hear the voice that owns that word that you spoke. And he will hear the voice of God again. And he will shoot that as usual. And they come, they flash into your mind. So you must have the capacity to retain. You must develop it. You must walk towards it. I must retain what comes. I must digest it. The real, the real place you have to deposit all this is in your heart. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Can we look at it? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. The Spirit powered life. My life is powered by the Spirit. Your life is powered by the Spirit. Don't forget that. Live in that consciousness every day. The Holy Communion is a spiritual food. When you partake of it, it means that that food will... And we know that the laws of the spirit is higher than the laws of the physical. He says, my son or my daughter, pay attention to my words. Pay attention. Pay attention. Number one is what? Attention. To my words. Uh-huh. Listen closely to my saying. Listen, listen. Closely. Mm-hmm. Number two, number three, continue. Don't lose sight of them. Sight. Don't lose sight. Lose sight. Lose sight. Mm-hmm. Of them. Mm-hmm. Four, keep them within your heart, not within your notes. <laughs> you just copy and copy and copy. If you don't go and garbage them in and retain them in your heart, they are still as cold as wet wood. They will never catch fire. That's why he's giving the instruction here. Keep them where? Within your heart. Your heart is a, is a big chamber. It's a storehouse from the treasury of the heart. Your heart is a treasure. It keeps treasures. Okay? Keep them. Say keep them. Keep them. Mm -hmm. So there are many of them. Keep them within your heart. Then what will happen? Okay, let's continue. Mm-hmm. For they are what? Life to those who find them. <laughs> they are life. Those words, they are life. Ah. They are life to those who find them. Meaning there's a, another life that is beyond the human life. And what? And health. To one's whole body, from head to toe. Many years ago, when the Lord was you know, bringing this to my heart, and I caught it, I was so excited. I screamed what I was. I said, Ah, this is my own Bible queen, not only chloroquine. Hmm? <laughs> So I began to take them in dosage. Two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the evening. So all those words are picked. All those quotations of the scriptures that the Lord has laid in my heart that bless me. Ah, in the morning I take two of them. And I warm myself with it. I pray with them. Okay? In the afternoon, continue. And when I pray with them that way, my spirit digests them and they are born into my spirit and they have been there for years. And so I've kept them in my treasure house. 
The Bible says, Blessed is a man or woman who has kept this quiver in this arrows in his quiver. When he contends with the enemy at the gateways, he will be blessed because he will have enough arrows to release. How much of the quiver of God's word do you have you have you have in your treasure? You're gonna be fighting the enemy with the only two bullets. When you begin to say it is written, ah, when I'm taking hold of God's blessings, I am saying it is written, and that's why you are taking. Ah, nobody can stop you. Even God will say, Hey, He, he knows the truth, He she knows, give it to Him. The resistance force will bow. That's how I fought and I reclaimed my health many years ago. From time to time, the enemy comes. I say, Hey! In the name of Jesus, I possess the spirit of liberty. I can't be yoked again. What connection has darkness with light? Light will always dominate. And I begin to speak the language of the word of God in my mind. For they are life to those who find them. So look for them. Don't look for it. Peruse through scriptures. Stumble on the blessings and pick them. They are like apples. Pick them up. Anyone you discover becomes your own. And a boy in those days, I would say, Ah, if I can locate it here, nothing can stop me. <laughs> One please use that to make some, you know, joke with me today. It's in the analysis. What you see me say? Have you located it? I say I'm finding more. Say if I locate it here, then it's gone. So you, what are you locating? And what have you located? Hmm? Very important. You cannot live the spirit power life. Unless you are conversant with the knowledge of God. So you can retain that God that revealed himself to you. Look at what Peter said. He said, you are the Christ. And Jesus said, it's not flesh and blood that revealed this to you. He's my father. That's how the word of God comes. The father will speak his word to you. On account of that, immediately Peter got that revelation. His spirit man received a new structure. The feeble man became strong in his spirit. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, based on revelational knowledge, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that hears my voice, that hears my word. Because the word of God is power. The words are spoken to you. They are spirit. They are life. They are spirit. They are life. So look for them. Stop crying. Stop crying. Look for them. Search the scriptures. Mm, very important. So you start by paying attention. By listening closely, by not losing sight of it, by that means by forgetting it, you don't forget it. Then you keep them in your heart, you memorize them. They are now found in your treasure house. They wake you up at any time. Hello, hello, hello. You can just voice them out. 
You are not mumbling words. You have, you have the word loaded in your heart. Keep them in your heart there. Let them be there. They become the source of your meditation. You are building your spirit man every day. Amen. Even as this one is coming, your spirit man is being built up right now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You see, some of you will say, Father, I, I came here today and I was so depressed. You know, I don't know. I just was sad. But I had this problem. Hey, I was refreshed. I said, why would you be refreshed? We're puncturing. We're, we're fumigating that darkness in your heart. With the life of God and with the spirit of God, he flushed everything. The devil cannot hear this I'm sharing with you. Because as he listens to it, he crashes his brain. He can't withstand the truth. He's a bunch of error. Mm. So it's very important I will understand that. Mm. So retain God in your knowledge. Retain God through knowledge. The Bible says the righteous shall be delivered through knowledge. The righteous. Also. <laughs> so when the righteous is, is, is under contention by these same forces. What we deliver him is knowledge. Hmm? Thank you, Jesus. of the water by the word of truth and the word of God. With his word, with his mouth, the ungodly destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous are rescued. Through knowledge, we have God in our knowledge. It has capacity to deliver them and rescue them from the equivalence of darkness in this realm. In the word of God of Isaiah 54, 17, which says, No weapon, no weapon, fashion against you shall prosper, becomes a reality in your soul. That you are no longer just quoting it, but you have come to know it. And it takes root in your soul. You can be in a cast from assaulting. There's some level of supernatural dimension that will preserve you. No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Mm. 
If your soul has tested it, nothing can destroy it. Just allow your soul to test it first. Digest your soul and leave it there. He sent his word. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word to heal them and to deliver them from destruction. There is destruction in this realm of life. There is destruction in this realm of life. Everywhere looks nice and clean. Only for those who are ignorant will think all is well. But as we watch, there are pockets of the shadows of death you know, in this atmosphere we are seeing. People pass and catch deadly sicknesses. People catch and pass and get all kinds of terrible things that happen to them. Car accidents of different types. Failures in different dimensions. Body failure, machine failure. You know? And sometimes we have to explain why. You can't get the reason why you should fail. There are some incidents where things happen and they say, oh, it was this. And they never checked it and nothing was wrong. But that's the thing took place. Why? Because a supernatural negative force has influenced that, that reality. In those days, when I used to be in the mission territory, <coughs> we'll be having crusade, sometimes one week crusade. I used to have this powerful, you know, generators that we use a power in the light in the Things. And all of a sudden, the light just go. <laughs> the light just go. So, when it happened, on, and as time went on, we now began to understand that this is not just ordinary. Once the light goes, everyone starts praying, start praying, you know. And you go there, they will no fault. There are instances where we just go there and I will go and bless the generator and light come back. There's one priest who had in a seminary then, who was a rector. Yeah, this car they call Space Boss. And we as students, you know, we wash the cars of our priests. So on this particular day, I think there was an, an urgency for him to go for something. So he came out with his stand. And after our finish washing his car, he came and put his key. He was trying to start the car. The car would just, you know, to rotate, but to not keep up. So we, we were trying to make a mockery of him and said, hey, this is your Space Boss. Today, we will go push up. <laughs> we will push this your car because it was a new car then, you know. And for us, we were you know, looking for opportunities to just make some little jokes out of the whole stuff. So we said, This car now, uh uh-uh. other cars will push up. This one, we must push this car. He laughed and just came up and said, You, you children, you guys can be funny. He opened the bonnet. We saw him. We saw him. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. He banged it. Went back to his car and put his key, and the car started. We left that place in awe. We were so shocked. Say what? He blessed his car, and the car started. See today, that group when we meet, we still talk about it. Say spirit powered life. He didn't say ah, hit the battery. Oh, check my plugs. He just came and blessed the car and went back and he was smiling. And then he started the car. It opened a new vista for me. Then as a student, I now say, ah, life is more than what we present.
So what powered that vehicle? So you see, there's power in blessing. Whatever was the problem of that car at that point, when that car was blessed, something supernaturally, you know, was engaged that made that car to respond. I can't explain it. I don't know the technology behind it. But that's the technology that went, that made it God to say, Moses, why are you looking at me? What is in your hand? He said, the rod now. He said, use it. Touch it. Touch the water. And he touched the water. From nowhere, the wind blew. Who taught the wind how to separate the ocean? And the people of God passed on dry ground. The wind was so powerful that it dried the ground. You know what it means to pass through the bed of the sea? It can be so deep with plenty of mud. But it was dry short. The Bible said dry short. They packed it was hard until they passed. What technology is that? Say spirit powered life. Say it again. Say my life is powered by the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm in his temple. Say it again all through. My life Say it again with all your heart. My life is powered by the Holy Spirit. So sometimes you don't be saying it. Say it yourself. My life is powered by the Holy Ghost. I'm in his temple. There's more to light than what my eyes can see. There's more to light than what my hand can touch. There are times when you have involved everything humanly possible and still it's not working. Don't say hi. What do I do? No, you know how what to do. Engage the spiritual realm. It has all the resources you ever think of. Keep engaging it. Believe in the resources that come from the spirit. Everything will have been created to you. Assess it in the name of Jesus. Your confidence in God is what will make it manifest in this realm. I have tried to live my life like this for years. And that's why when I look at myself, around myself, I see limitations. But when I remember my, my life is powered by the spirit, I have confidence. Things must surely work out. I will engage all the human resources, all the human technology, but I don't trust that. I trust more what the Spirit does because what the Spirit does is what everlasting. Are we together here? When you are sick, don't just believe doctor, 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 doctor. It's good. Yes, believe doctor, but go back to your archive and engage the Spirit because doctor can fail you and see at the end. You now come back shamefully to the very thing you said, ah, no, now let me go for test first. Are you aware that it can even go and while you are doing tests, the test can be manipulated? Even though we believe the report of men, the report of God is greater. <laughs> when you allow your life to be channeled towards this direction, 
to be powered by the Spirit. To be powered by the Spirit. You become conscious of the Spirit all the time. You learn, learn how to humble yourself and don't trust your capacity. You don't trust your ability any longer. I can do it. Me, 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 me. Every time you adolesce yourself. Hey, yeah, I did it. I did it. I did it. It's not I did it. But say, I am what I am by the grace of God. So it is a finished dimension of the grace of the Spirit of God at work in your life that is called grace. When I check my life in compartments of five, five years, for over 30 years now, every five years is a unique dimension for me. I see myself being pushed, being pushed. Even because when I resist, the Spirit will do something, something that will just stir me up. I open up to what it needs and it pushes me. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to establish in our lives. If you are seeking for joy in material things, if you are seeking for joy in the human system, you will be frustrated and depressed. It is a joy that comes from the Holy Spirit that is eternal, it's inexhaustible, it doesn't finish. That's what you should desire all the time. Praise the Lord. So my life is powered by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. The way I'm saying it, my life, my life is powered by the Holy Spirit. That was the announcement to you. have to say it from the depth of your heart. Say it again. My life is powered by the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. He lives in my bones. He lives in my organs. He lives in my body. He runs my world. Sure, 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 sure. Everyone has what they call a yawn. See, remember a yawn? This is you here. Okay. And this is all that you have to do with your world from the day you are born. You have started a journey until the day you will die. Your family, your career, everybody that will know you, everybody will contact, they are all captured within the ambience of this entire thing. And God is the beginning and the end. He sees everything. It's called your aeon, the administration of your life, aeon, your world, if you like. So my world is being powered only by the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. What I am in the past, what I am now, what I will be in the future, what I finish my destiny on earth, is powered by the Spirit of God. Not of me. I give no credit to any man. I only give credit by the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost comes, He will take what is mine and deliver them to you. Ah. <laughs> He will take what is mine and give them to you. He will take my knowledge. He will give it to you. He will take my strength. He will give it to you. He said, my peace I give unto you. He will take his peace and give to you. Whatever is of Christ, he will deliver it to you. Can you imagine that the Holy Spirit that delivers your struggles, not Jumia? 
Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. If we understand some of these things and we live by it every day, you will see that things will be different. You know? Things can be different. The spirit power life. Christ was standing on the water. They say water. Peter was standing too. Peter operated with that spirit until he started doubting. You see, your heart sees a lot about your status in the realm of the spirit. Your heart. Your heart. That's why he said, keep them within your heart. Keep them within your heart. They are life to those who find them and what? Health to all their body. Keep it in your heart. That's why the devil comes to steal the truth from your heart. The problem is so what Jesus said they so are going to sow. Some fell on the wayside, some fell on the rocky ground, some fell on tongues, and some fell on good soil. And left the people. And Jesus came and asked him, What's the meaning of this parable? He said, Yes, unto he is given to know the means of the kingdom. For for them who are out there, it will be given to them in stories. He said, The first one are those who hear the word of God, but because they don't understand. They don't know what they, they don't have no word of faith. The enemy goes and takes the word from their hands. Can you imagine? The devil even values the word more than us. That you come and take away the word from their heart and they will forget it. They will not they can't even remember it. They say, Ah, but I said this thing, but are you where again did he say it? With Bible quotation, their spirit is trying to locate it, but it has left the treasury of their hearts. Why is the devil stealing the word from your heart? Why is he causing you to forget it? Why is he asking you not to get engrossed in it? Because he knows that the thing has capacity to change your life and change your body. Because God sent that word to your heart to heal you, to restore you, to make you live the optimal life of the Spirit. To power your life. Because you know that the human life cannot be sustained by this system. So the devil goes and steals it. You know, it's like you have mounted a transformer somewhere and then the devil is enjoying the light of the sudden somebody goes and takes the vital part of it. They don't like it. So the devil goes to steal the vital part of your life. What will power you? He takes it away. Then you start running from a past man away again. You can't iron, you can't run free, you're the only one born. See? But when the Holy Ghost powers your life, it has capacity to run every aspect of your life, your marriage life, your financial life, your spiritual life, your journey life. Every part of your life is where power. Your warfare life is powered. Your biological body is powered. If the spirit of the one that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he said, that same spirit will give life. Say, give life. life. Say it again. (laughs) We give life to your mortal bodies. We quicken your life. Spirit-powered life Living a quickened life. So having understood this, you can see that we are making a lot of effort here to help you articulate God in your knowledge. 
He sent his word and healed them. To raise students from the pit. Yes. This valley of warfare. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Because the devil has come down with great wrath, knowing that his time is short. How will you stand him? You don't have God in your heart. So trap God in your heart through the knowledge of things of God. But those who don't know that God shall be strong. And they shall do exploit based on the strength they have. Their passion for God will overwhelm every other passion. The passion for the things of this soul will try to have access to their soul. But their passion for God will eat it up. Because for the devil to engage you and use you for himself, he must introduce a passion into your soul that must overwhelm the passion of God. Are we together here? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, check your passion. Your passion gives you a template of where you are heading to. Which of the passion in your life has the higher ascendancy? Is it passion for movies? Is it passion for gyrating? Is it passion for money? So have you understood that when we put on Christ, when we are baptized, the Bible says we put on Christ. Eh? Amen? Amen? Galatians what again? Galatians chapter... Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything in our lives. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Okay, let's start from verse 26. Mm, so beautiful, so beautiful. For you are all what? Sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You cannot be, you can't belong to the family of God without Christ. Christ is the center. You are all what? Sons of God. Through faith, through faith in Christ Jesus. Say amen to that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, let's go to verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So, baptism was a baptism that put Christ on you. So the Bible says, we are members of his flesh. We are members of his body. 
were members of his bones. Ephesians 5. Were members of his body, were members of his flesh, were members of his bones. So when we were baptized, we put on Christ's body, we put on Christ's flesh, we put on Christ's bones. So Christ, as he was walking about physically, were part and parcel of him. No wonder before he departed, he brought the bread and said, this is my body. Eat it. This is my blood. The blood of the new and everlasting covenant. He partnered with us to become one with us, both in flesh and in body. Amen. Oh, thank you, Father. Hmm. We have now become members. We have become the branch of the vine. I am the vine. You are. He didn't say you are going to be. You are the branches. What is the difference between the branch and the vine? So, you see, there's a knowledge coming is a consciousness being deposited in your mind as we listen to this message right now, okay? God is trying to tell you, you are eternally connected to me. Even though you don't see me physically, I have a connection with you. You flow into me, I'm connected to you. You are not alone. You may think you're alone because you walk around, but there's a connection that you have. It's invisible, but it's more real than yourself. I'm connected. I'm connected. The real poverty is not lack of money. The real poverty is to feel that you are alone. To feel that you are an existing entity. But the moment your consciousness that comes up that you are connected to God, and that connection is there, and you will take advantage of that connection to take the steps you take in life. Wow. Everything is a new vista. It's a new perspective. So as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you are baptized into Christ. You are put on Christ. Like someone who was thrown inside the mud. Okay? And then you come out, your whole body is covered with that stuff. And so, you are now covered with Christ's body, Christ's nature, Christ's life, Christ's spirit. You cannot have his life eh, without having the nature that hosts that life. Okay? You cannot have the life, you cannot have the nature that hosts the life without having the spirit that powers both the life and the nature. You're not saying with me at all. Hmm? Okay. Why don't you get here? I can see some have left me 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Say, I'm here. Amen. Say, I'm connecting. Amen. You see the point? Oh, Jesus. Hey. So, but you understood this one, right? That whoever is baptized have, been, have, been, have put on Christ. So it's no longer you who live. So the, the, the more you keep thinking you are the one who lives, the more you are rendering the mystery of Christ in your life obsolete by your thinking. 
Paul said, it's no longer I who live. That means I don't own myself. I've lost the legal ownership of myself. I'm now being owned by that person. So I can't choose my life. I live his life. I cannot drive myself. I'm driven by him. Because it's no longer I who live. It is him that lives in me. It's him that thinks in me. It is him that desires in me. The Bible says that it is him that makes us to will or to think and to will, to do his will. Have you put on Christ? Yes. Have you put on Christ? Yes. You have lost the power to own yourself. I want to do this. You can't ask him. You don't sanction it. You're your own. And that's why Paul tries to present it as, like a, as a marriage. Just as the woman, when she's married, she loses her name, the name of her own father, okay, and becomes one with the man he's married to. Likewise, when you came to Christ, you have lost your identity. And you have vowed now that his own identity is the one that should be upheld in your life. Your hand has become his hand. Your leg has become his leg. Your mouth has become his mouth. So he finds expression through you. If you also heal, he says, go and stretch your hand because my hand, that hand is not your own again. It's my hand. And I will pray for people. Do you know what, how much it takes me to, to seek what to tell you? Because we are preparing for our programs. I'll be cracking my head. Say, what am I to say? You say, why are you worrying yourself? Your brain is my brain. Your mouth is my your my mouth is your mouth. So just go there. Just spend enough time with me. Let me furnish you with what I need. So if I don't spend that quality time, I will come here. If I speak for thirty minutes, some of you will be thinking of. Uh, I think I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. Because you will know that mm-mm, mm-mm, it's not the fountain is dry. <laughs> you see. So we pay a price of waiting, waiting. He will be feeling the no as if he's chatting. He's feeling something. After that, when he has gauged you, he said, Go now. Just open your mouth and I will feel it. I've told you several that since I say here, after I, talk, I go to my room and start writing them because I have no idea about them at all. So you don't own yourself. You want to own yourself, you are free. But self-ownership is what carnality. Self-ownership is what carnality. Self-idolization. And they don't like it. Because you have like you have divorced the master who should own you. So himself now sees you as a free oh, there's a free room here. He starts bargaining with you. Can I occupy your life? And how does he do that? Through what they call lust. The pride of life, the loss of the flesh, and all that. So, and I say that when you have his life, are you there now? Yeah. You cannot have his life without having the nature that carries the life. You cannot have a life on its own. Every life 
is sustained or carried by a nature. So that's why Jesus said, new wine, where? New skin, new wine, then new wine skin. So new life is in the, the new life is a new wine. You cannot put this new life in the in the in the in the old uh, skin, which is the nature of Adam. That's why he has to give you a new nature that can contain the type of life that is coming to your life. Hallelujah. Do you catch it now? Yes. And you cannot have this nature and this life without having the spirit that powers this type of life. Because the other, the other life, which is the life of Adam, is powered by what? Timidities. The spirit of timidity. Timidity. The Adamic life. But this one is powered by the spirit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. The spirit of Christ. So that's why Paul said, we have not received the spirit of timidity to fear again into bondage. But we have received the spirit of power. What? We have received the spirit of what? Power. One. Two. Love. Three. Sound mind. But this one, this spirit of timidity is a spirit of what? Doubt. Fear. What again? Uh-uh. This is now. Ignorance. Unbelief. Yes, you're getting it now. <laughs> so anytime you see yourself doubting, <laughs> you, have, you have gone back to old, old life. And each of them has their own consequence. They have their impact in your life. So you can't be doubting and expect the new wine to operate with you. Once you're doubting, you know, Peter started doubting and immediately started thinking. Death took over. But when he was operating in faith, I'm walking because the master says so, and his word cannot fall on the ground, and he was marching on the, moving on the water. But immediately he started considering that this water, you know, is water. It's <laughs> water, this water self. I don't know why it's just moving like this. But is he trying to? That question in his heart, doubt has found his way. Fear came in. And he's doing nothing because ignorance was there already. If you knew the words, come, who told you to come? He created the water. He can decide to make the water you're matching instantly to become blocks of become solid. So you doubted his integrity. And there are consequences when you doubt his integrity. Prayer cannot save you out of it. Don't doubt the integrity of God. If he tells you you are blessed, stand on it. The circumstances may be telling you you are nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, when I take you to this level right now, you know what happens?